0: I was tired of Stanford. We've been get together too long, like a worn-out recording of a Jeff Jarrett song. So while Vince lay there sleeping, I read the Observer in bed, and in the personal columns, there was a bullet I read. If you hate her, her Quran is. And listening to Mike today if you're not into Hogan and you hate Bobby the Brain if you like Booker T at midnight and squashing cruises like grapes then I got the job that you're looking for right to Ted and escape didn't think about my ratings I don't even know what they mean. But me and my old ratings had fallen into that same old dull routine. So I wrote to The Observer, dedicated it to Ted. Though I'm no Lanny Poffo, I'll suck my in bed. Yes, I hate her, what is. I fucking hate my 10A. I created Gangrel's brood and pushed Steph and Shane I gotta meet you by tomorrow noon to cut through Patterson's red tape at this place called the Gaden, where I'll plan my escape so I waited with high hopes as Ted walked into place I knew that stash in an instant I knew the fat on his face. I said, Ted, this is kind of shady. He said, I want a coup. Then we laughed for a moment. And I said, I never knew that you ain't her of Karanis and that prick Mike today. You want to give me a promotion and then sell the company to Shane? Yeah, I'll push Booker T at midnight. And then I'll bury Dallas Page. I'm the rioter you're looking for to make sure WCW dies. Because WCW must die.
1: North-South Connection Podcast Network. Oh, holy shit. It's WCW Must Die. It's uh, Johnny C. and Ryan Gray. Ryan, how the hell are you, man? Johnny, I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm okay, except for one small thing. Tonight, we're discussing the April 17th, 2000 edition of WCW Monday Nitro. Hot off the heels of Spring Stampede. And just to put a spoiler out there, Ryan, this one this one drained me. How about you? Uh.
2: It pro- it was prolonged. It seemed a little longer than usual, I guess, even though usual is one WCW episode for me. But the pay-per-view was, uh, you know, paced pretty well, and this one was just a lot of bullshit.
1: <laughs> well, you got spoiled on the pay-per-view, my man, because it's a Russo show, but it's a Russo show in a way that, and I'm not gonna trying to compare the two, but, like, Survivor Series 98 gets all the love because it tells a story. These WCW Russo ones in the early days, they do at least like this one had all the different tournaments, a lot of ADD type stories, but you still got a story. Now you get to experience the Russo TV with minimal wrestling
2: matches. Yeah, this was like the poor, 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 poorest man's version of 1998 Survivor Series.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and I don't want, you know, like I said, the, I guess they both have a tournament and they're both written by Vince Russo, but they're examples of how the storytelling in the matches sort of match together whereas tonight we only get storylines and some of them sink some of them swim and some of them just never even show up um you want to go ahead and uh let everybody know where this uh show emanated from because i've got a couple questions for you about it
2: well is it rockford or lock rock i did not write down rockford illinois or rocklin illinois
1: it's Rockford, Illinois, which I have no idea where that is, but I do believe it's the home of the Rockford Peaches. Are you familiar with the Rockford Peaches? Not at all. Not at matter. all? Have, no. have, you ever, have you ever seen A League of Their Own? No. I don't see No? You know that. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Ryan. Yeah, I, I know, I but, I but, but, but everybody grows up, and at some point in time when you're growing up, especially in America, <laughs> you end up watching a movie every now and then. All I right, well. That,
2: yeah. I watched a movie here and there, but uh, League of that's Tom Hanks, right? Yes, Tom Hanks is the baseball manager.
1: It's about the uh, women's professional baseball during World War II. I was going to ask you if you had seen it, and then I was going to offer to give you $100 if you could name the four teams that are actually in the movie. But uh, you've disqualified yourself. You're not eligible because you've never seen it, and I believe you'd probably look it up online. So the offer is challenged. Uh,
2: Hold on, let me delay real quick, and then we'll get to that question.
1: (laughs) No, of course, of course. Uh, Just for everybody listening at home, it's the Rockford Peaches, the Kenosha Comets, the Racing Bells, and the South Bend Blue Sox. Y'all didn't think I looked it up. I did.
2: Uh, So that was my next question. Did you look that up, or did you know it? You could have lied
1: I looked that shit up. And, of course, I mean, Wikipedia can be uh, undermined. Is that a good word? Undermound? Undermined? can be uh, tricked by people— that edit it
2: yeah they can fuck with it
1: yeah exactly so at the time at press time those were the four teams in the 1992 Aish film a league of their own this show starts with a recap video of spring stampede you want to talk recap videos you talk about like leave the memories alone my way control superstar like these are badass recap videos this video was set to what i call twangy twang what the fuck was this ryan
2: uh, I don't know. They did it a few times during the episode, and honestly, I ignored it each time.
1: <laughs> so you can't you can't recreate it for me.
2: No, I can't. But uh, I know that they recapped it at least three times, and you know, the month or so ago that I watched it was enough for me. <laughs>
1: uh, they show us still photos of what happened during the event. I um I am a shameless bastard, and I listen to the podcast that I appear on, so I was pleased that. Uh, the pipes made an appearance that Norman Smiley was hanging from uh, oh. that really captivated you. And I was just glad that the pipes made it into the recap video because it was a reminder of uh, a piping good time we had.
2: A piping good time. <laughs> Those joke uh joints did hold up with Norman Smiley's, I'm going to guess 230 pound frame. Quite okay. Fine union engineering, I assume.
1: It's a Russo recap video. Even it has like ADD, man. It's just like, it's the shortest shit. Like, bad cow pins Jimmy Hart. Oh, now it's the
0: wall. Scott Steiner, J- J- Jimmy Hart.
1: Like, it's <laughs> really quick. So we start the actual new content. Uh, these guys, I think they're like the Pony Express or some shit. They all have, like, really long ponytails. So that's why I call it the Pony Express. They're like these guys they hired to be security for the night. Uh, they're guarding the arena. Um, jabroni because in- left,
2: Jabroni right, Jabroni center. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, these guys all look like they could have been uh, Joe Dirt stunt double. It's crazy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Inside, we get started with what's called an invite-only party, all right? So I don't know if you all remember how we covered the pay-per-view. We're going to try to go the same here. Uh, We'd like to just sort of freestyle this and see what we thought about each segment. So the first segment, like Ben mentioned, is an invite-only party where the New Blood and Vince Russo give an interview about becoming – all the champions in WCW, except for the hardcore title. And then Jeff Jarrett challenges DDP to a triple cage match at Slambury. That is what happened in this segment. Now, Ryan, let's talk about what the fuck happened in
2: this segment. The, the, uh, the new blood is washed in red. Oh, I fucked it up. WCW is washed in red. Get it? New blood, Scott Hudson. That was his quote. Get it?
1: New blood? My God. No, what's his thing? His uh, What's his catchphrase? You've got to know it by now. Uh, good, good
0: night!
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, but... Um,
0: right.
2: I don't know. It was I liked that they kept calling him Vinny Rue, and then Madden yelled at Hudson saying, hey, you can't call him Vinny Rue? I thought that I popped for that.
1: Yeah, because Madden's the new blood heel commentator. You can say what you want about Mark Madden internet, but he... He plays the heel commentator role well in that the number one criteria is you have to believe that you're the good guy and like bobby heenan always thought he was in the right mark madden and you know thinks he's in the right that's 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 part of it it, it it's kind of shitty though because they're playing this random like saxophone trumpet trombone like gatsby party music but it's a dub it's supposed to be new york new york which is a, a, a snazzy tune
2: I was gonna bring that up that you 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 know, you let me know that it was it was New York, New York. And at the time, as a Bostonian, I do enjoy that that beautiful song though.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of uh, Gremlins too. You seen that? Uh, no. Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> but that's uh, like the furry guys, right?
1: Yeah, I guess you could call them the furry guys. Or if you want to I don't simplify want to insult it.
2: people if i'm calling them furries is that a thing too right
1: yeah that's a thing no the the little gizmo mogwai it oh, doesn't gizmo. matter yeah
2: yeah yeah i watched it when i was a kid but i don't know i used to have well, hot I'm box just... when i was a kid so i used to watch all these movies but i don't I used know to like hot I, don't, box, late, I didn't late start late 80s early 90s was my hot box life
1: i didn't start hot until i was in college good lord man um you my started young was
2: uh, was a businessman we'll just say that.
1: Uh-huh. There you go. Um, <laughs> The, mo- the One of the most important questions that we're faced with this evening is, I don't know what music Tammy was hearing in her head, but she was certainly dancing to the beat of her own drummer. What the oh, fuck, how about, man? How about she, Russo
2: giving her a little butt bump, too?
1: Yeah, she's loaded, right? I mean, allegedly. Really? Ah, she seemed to be, man. I don't know. She was. Now, the dub could have affected this, and it's really none of my business. I'm just speculating. This is rampant speculation, folks. But you know, she seemed a little out of it. Just, I mean, now I feel kind of bad trying to make it a joke, but yeah, you know, she seemed a little off.
2: Yeah. I, I wrote B minus C plus Sunny. Her hair was just <laughs> too, too short and it was weird. It was like beret and I don't know, but I bought A plus butt pump with Vinny Rue.
1: <laughs> yeah. They talk a lot of shit about JJ Dillon, um, and Jim Ross as well. Vince Russo specifically in his part of his interview is like, Tells JR to kiss his ass. Do you think that uh, JR ever heard that interview? And do you think he ever gave a
2: shit? (laughs) I was, yeah, I I was going to say, why are they like shitting on JR constantly, especially when Jarrett comes out? Because JR saw nothing in Jarrett pretty much. Is that that the deal here?
1: I think so. I think it has a lot to do with um, also the last time they interacted before all this was that night of that No Mercy pay per view. And I know on Jarrett's podcast, he talked about. JR sort of act as an, acted as an intermediary between him and Vince. Um, you know, JR would come back to Jared and basically be like, for argument's sake, say, okay, he'll give you 100000 bucks. And Jared being like, ah, but what about the money for the house shows? And then JR had to go back and talk to Vince and then come talk to Jeff. And that's a lot of information given really fast, but essentially, I think he was the middleman in the
2: negotiations. Okay, so he took the heat pretty much. Basic, basically, so a job.
1: Yes, yes, that is true. He he was literally just fucking doing his job. But I think that's probably the last time they interacted, and I'm sure Russo and Jr. And this is again, folks, rampant speculation. They probably didn't get along. They probably didn't have a lot in
2: common. No, I don't think so. But uh, why? Real quick, one more Russo thing before we get off this segment. Why was he wearing a gold watch around his necklace? Oh,
1: that that is uh, Rick Flair's Rolex watch that he stole uh during the first Nitro.
2: Oh, okay. So thanks for catching me up there.
1: All right. Perfect. Sure. If if you had listened to the previous two episodes, you would have done that. So oh, you I just didn't revealed I just yourself. Didn't retain it. Oh, sure. That's what they all say. Um, I I have to ask you this question though, because I don't know anyone else that can answer it. At one point, they're talking about how it looks like a New York City parade or some shit, like the Yankees won the World Series, or the and they, then they say, or maybe the New York Giants. Why do people call the New York Giants the New York Football Giants? Is that like a thing? Like, why do they say football?
2: Because the Giants in baseball.
1: But I thought the Giants were in San Francisco.
2: They used to be in Brooklyn. Or, or they, so, uh, with the Brooklyn Giants, I think. No, the Brooklyn Dodgers, excuse me. I think the Giants Wait, were originally. The Brooklyn Dodger? Vinnie Russo?
1: The Brooklyn Dodgers? Hey, I know my, him.
2: My bad. I'm losing my baseball cred here, but fuck baseball. I don't pay attention to that shit anymore. But um, I think the Giants were originally in New York, too, maybe. I don't know.
1: Okay, I know you've seen this movie, The Fan.
2: Oh, with Robert De Niro in the baseball hat. Oh
1: yeah, because it's a fucking sports movie. You went out of your way to watch it. A League of Their Own is a sports movie too. See, that's how I know the Giants are in San Francisco from The Fan.
2: From The Fan.
1: <laughs> but uh,
2: I don't. I think that the Giants were in New York, like way, way, way back in the day. I could be wrong, but. It's baseball. So
1: they named him the same. And then to differentiate, they just added the word football when they would talk about him. And it just carried over into the present era. Yeah. Pretty much. That makes that makes sense and is far more interesting than this issue. Issue. I called it an issue. Uh this part of WCW. So what happens next is uh, Diamond Dallas Page shows up in the back because he's been banned from the building. The Joe Dirt security patrol gets beat up by Page, who is wearing a Sopranos t-shirt. Uh, uh he comes yes. he co- he he comes into the arena okay this is this is great i want to see if you caught this he comes into the arena and he goes into gorilla did you see what happened when he got to gorilla uh
2: he went the wrong way right he he
1: di- he did and hogan does too later which i think is funny because yes. it's like what's up with this arena but <laughs> as he's as he's walking to the curtain and he's getting closer Fucking in the shadows, Sean Stasiak and Kurt Henning run by him because they're there ready to go on next. (laughs) But they're about to be on camera, like shooting the shit next to each other, talking about God knows whatever Mr. Perfect and Mr. Imperfect would talk about in their casual spare time. Uh, But it's fucking cracked me up. He comes down to the ring and the SWAT team, which we should have mentioned, was that was flanking the new blood. Just parts like the Red Sea, as Scott Hudson would say. And the security guards and DDP all start attacking the new blood. And wouldn't you know it, the security guards or the riot scroll patrol take off their helmets and it's team package and
2: the brother in paint, the stinger.
1: Oh. Were you surprised?
2: Oh, I dropped my I dro- I was floored, man. I dropped it. I, I didn't see it coming. And, you know, didn't it take like 15 minutes for Flair to get the helmet off?
1: Yes, it did. <laughs> It did. And I think Lugers fell off or he took it off prematurely because Sting and Flair uh, do leave theirs on for a very long time to build the suspense. And I don't think that they could see out of them, or at least I like to imagine they couldn't see out of them and they didn't know what was going on. I want a, I want a prequel movie of this episode. And do you think that the three guys in the Millionaire's Club uh, beat up cops and stole their security guard uniforms? Or do you think they went to a costume shop and rented them?
2: I think they paid them off. They are in the Millionaires Club, or you know, and
1: whatnot. So. Ooh, synergy! Make the storyline match the the fake prequel movie that we're inventing. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, they they probably paid some some sweet sweet money for them because they're millionaires. I'm sure. <laughs>
2: so does Jarrett? Before we get out of here, does Jarrett announce that he has a open contract for later on tonight, or is that later yeah. on?
1: It might be later but we can get to it now because that happens pretty quickly i mean yeah one of the storylines that progresses through the evening is russo and Jarrett have decided to hang an open contract for any member of the new blood for a wcw championship match tonight so you have to be new blood you need to show your vax card that you're new blood i mean i I don't know how they're yeah i don't know how they're verifying this but uh you know we'll see throughout the night that it's the cause of some very very offbeat shenanigans
2: and not to mention how boring Bischoff and Kimberly were in their part of this scenario. too. Oh, right?
1: God, yes. Kimberly, like, Bischoff comes out and he's basically, again, they're playing off the, like, they swing with the pages or whatever their name is. Uh, Kimberly is a tremendous argument for why they script promos now.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's just super tan. Don't get me wrong. She's not looking bad at all. But she's so tan and then she's just so... Seems fake, and it's just so blah.
1: Yeah, I know. You, you, there's just no innovation. But there was some innovation in her innovation in the next segment, and I'm I'm wondering. I want to know your reaction to how this was done. Okay. Okay. So Bischoff is in the back with Booker T, Chavo Guerrero, Jerry Flynn. Uh, do you even know who that is? Not because you're yes. an idiot. Just
2: okay. All right. He, yeah, Humor's, he's the guy that gets his ass kicked by a Tank a bunch of times. Yes, 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 he
1: is. Hugh Morris slash the room, Bam Bam Bigelow, who is barely on camera, even though he's really wide. So I thought that was funny. Um, yeah, he I basically. Booker T and his gang of jobbers. Yeah, well, that's a good. I like that because some of these. I thought it was the Misfits in Action at first. Are you familiar with the Misfits in Action?
2: Uh, yeah, that's the Army guys, right? When they were on. Yes,
1: because three of these guys are in that.
2: Oh, yeah, Chavo, uh, Booker, Hugh Morris. Anyone else?
1: Boy, well, Lash LaRue is who I was thinking ah, of, but yeah, Booker. Book, yes. Well, Booker does a guest star. He does a guest star on the. Uh, they were hoping to get a Filthy Animal series on Fox, and so Booker T was the guest star they brought in early. GI Bro. Okay, cool. That's that's right. Um, you know, he just makes. He basically talks shit and says they need to do their part in the New Blood. He books Awesome versus DDP. Security comes in and quits on the spot due to physical altercations with uh, Diamond Alice Page. And then, if it couldn't get any worse, Bischoff, Bischoff's phone rang, phone rings, and all the so sound, the all every piece of audio that is connected to a TNT goes into the however they recorded this Hogan voiceover, and he goes, "Hey, Easy, it's your old friend. I'm gonna be kicking your ass in about five minutes." And then the audio just clicks out, and it's Bischoff's so like, bad. "Oh my god!" And they cut the commercial. So bad. That, yeah, but so they were they were trying something. I mean, you know, having, you know, in a movie, we never question if we can hear someone on the other end of the phone um, at all. You know, if a it, serious crime drama, you know, Martin Scorsese movie, two characters are talking and we can hear them on the film, we don't question it at all. So it stands out like a sore thumb in professional wrestling. So is wrestling a show or is it a sport?
2: I, I mean, think it's we're, sports we're, we're, entertainment.
1: But no, for sure it is. But it's interesting that <laughs> Russo's trying this shit. It, to me, I, I find it very interesting that is at least trying this shit. Or He's maybe it's not Russo. Yeah, it could be the production team, but it was
2: interesting. Um, we finally got now, a
1: first – oh, go ahead, go ahead, please.
2: No, I was going to say, why Why was Smoochy Poochie watching Stasiak and Kurt Henning in the next match?
1: Um, you're talking Miss Hancock?
2: That's what Ma- Mark Madden calls her, Smoochie Poochie.
1: Yes, right. Smoochie Poochies. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's the perfect one. Sean Stasiak defeating Kurt Henning via the perfect plant in our first match of the evening. Um, I have this strange uh, theory that Kurt Henning, Ms. Hancock and Norman Smiley are all secretly using the same theme song, at least Henning and Smiley. You got to watch this for me with me over the next couple of weeks. I'll look out for it. All right. If they're not, they're the same song. They're incredibly the same. Um what'd you think of this?
2: Uh the pop of the night was when um heading op- opened up the water and threw it all over Madden. You know, for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. It's like they yeah. they spilled to the outside just to do this.
1: Did you catch the segment where um so the match is going on? It's honestly it's a really it's sloppily put together, and, and I am gonna disrespect it by not talking about it that much. Uh, they argue on commentary about what the definition of five minutes is because Hogan said he'd be there in five minutes. And Scott Hudson <laughs> actually proposes the theory that it could be slang for one minute, five minutes or 20 minutes.
2: I do. Recall and then that I, now, yes.
1: <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. I bet we've all done this before. I bet we've all told our friends we will be there in five minutes when we know
2: damn well, it's gonna be like 15 or 20. So I kind of <laughs> believed it. Yeah, because if I say I'm going to be there in 15 minutes, I'm, you're like, what the fuck? You're going to be here in an hour?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yes, we know to add that math on ourselves. So I, I thought it was interesting that they uh, they pointed that out, So a concept that you never really think about. Uh, other things I don't think about, Kurt Henney doing a fucking cartwheel in the middle of a match. Have you ever seen that before? Because he did it tonight.
2: <laughs> no, the match was pretty blonde to the ref bump. And then it was okay. And Stasiak wax him with the brass knuckles. I, I guess they were brass knuckles. And then, yeah. um, some shit finish finisher. What was that finisher called?
1: The perfect plant. It looks like a, it's a F five if done by a third grader.
2: <laughs> yes. One star. This match sucked.
1: I gave it one legal notice from Jerry McDivitt,
2: <laughs> which <laughs> I'm sure both these guys have gotten that before. Probably. Oh, absolutely. Tw- twice. Probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. I miss, you know, Kurt heading calls at headquarters. It's the Henning Plex now. It's the Henning Plex. Don't tell me it's a perfect Plex. The Henning Plex. That's a really shit. That's a really shitty Kurt Henning impression, but then I'm thinking what how does one even do a Kurt Henning impression, you know?
2: A little little twang, little southern twang to it, but he's really from Minnesota. So so southern twang with a soda at the end of it kind of, you know? Yeah,
1: but I feel like he doesn't have any like with Hogan if i give you a hogan impression you can be like what you're gonna do or you know or savage you can be like oh yeah but like what's a mr perfect impression absolutely
2: is it absolutely perfect but you do the okay with the with the pencil thing absolutely perfect You
1: yeah. know? yeah yeah that's cool i like that i never really thought about that with him but yeah if you're gonna do a Mr. because i've never tried to do a painting per- impression before flash dance hollywood hogan is in the back this dude looks like he's straight out the set of a musical. He's got this sweet headband on and his stone cold like vest that he's been wearing. Uh, it's so f- thin.
2: This headband is so thin.
1: <laughs> it is. It looks like, I don't know if you've ever seen like the DVD cover to staying alive with John Travolta's got like a rope tied around his head. <laughs> That's
2: what it fucking looked like. I wrote a black belt. I wrote, why does Hulk Hogan have a black belt around his head?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really something. Um, So this is amazing. And, Hogan walks up to the cops because we're doing, de- we got cops now because security <laughs> guards are out. And the cops are like, sorry, Mr. Hogan. So I don't know who they're talking to because his name's not Hogan, brother. It's Terry Bolea. Uh, the cops, he Hogan's like, guys, I'm getting in there one way or the other, or no matter what, he says. And the cops literally just say, okay, you can go ahead and go on in. And I mean, they
0: I was say, blown yes, away by are. this.
1: Go ahead, sir. I mean, what are these cops thinking? I mean, I, please, someone give me. The, does Hogan have like magic powers? Like, what does he have that makes cops bend to his every will? Because I think I'd like to have that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Charm and charisma. Charm and charisma. Damn it. He's charismatic. He's a hawking charismatic man.
2: <laughs> but yeah they were like sorry hulk you can't come in and then literally in the next breath they were like actually go ahead pretty yeah. much is what
1: happened. he gets lost trying to find the entrance and then he goes and saves henning who's getting beat up by uh sean stasiak i guess he's forgiven him for breaking the the wwf title with a sledgehammer uh inside yes, an like event. yes it's like
2: absurdly long that stasiak was in the ring waiting that's Homer. right
1: because the whole time Hogan's on camera arguing with the fuzz, he's getting beat up in the arena
2: so long it took forever it just it was just awkward you know yeah but, the, it was. but the, that's what and then this is the promo where he says you uh you can me- you can't mess with the character Hulk Hogan And then, but you can't mess with the man, Terry (laughs) Bollea.
1: Yeah. Like you can make Hulk Hogan lay down for the one, two, three. You can make him slip on a banana peel and go down for the one, two, three, brother. But you can't do that to Terry Bollea, which I guess technically is true because since we cannot separate them, I think legally when he's in the arena, he is Hulk Hogan.
2: I don't know. But at the beginning of the promo, he had a 10 inch penis at the end of the promo where he was Terry Bollea. He had a four inch penis.
1: Dude, you have to you have to understand that Terry Bolea character is not a character. His cross that he's wearing around his neck is like TNA level Jeff Jarrett big.
2: Oh please, please tell me you, you you're aware of him saying in in court in the court of law that Terry Bolea doesn't have a 10 inch penis, but Hulk Hogan the character has a 10 inch penis. You don't recall oh, I,
0: that?
2: No. Oh,
1: dude. Not only do I recall it, I agree with him and think he's in the <laughs> right a hundred percent. And I'm not saying that to be funny because he's, he, as any performer, like an actor, you know, would I assume tell you, you know, if, you know, but now what's crazy is that he is always on essentially by the nature of his business. So he's always portraying the character and always legally himself too. So when he's portraying the character, yes, the character has a 10 inch penis, the character has 24 inch pythons or what have you. They might be 22. Uh, but Terry Bolea, is performing that and he needs to be held to different standards because he is a legal person and Hulk Hogan is a character that can be assassinated and can be, you know, brought down in the public eye and lose value. So yes, I believe completely with his legal defense.
2: (laughs) Good for Hulk and his 10 inch imaginary penis. I know. Well, that's the thing. We, we, when
1: we are podcasting, we're, we're characters, Right. Maybe we can legally declare that we have 10 inch penises as well.
2: Uh, Ryan Gray has a 10-inch penis. Oh.
1: Well, well, there you go. See, it's right there. It's official and it's stamped. It's done. <laughs> it's true. Oh um,
2: um, why did he call Kim and a stot-nosed kid?
1: <laughs> I, I mean, maybe cause his name has kid in it. I don't know. Like this this version of Hogan is it's fascinating, but it, it's fascinating to to think about as a concept, but it's it's not fun to watch. Is that a fair assessment?
2: Yep, but we go to a back, and then it's still, you know, we go to commercial, and then we're back on Hogan again. And he, and as soon as they're back, he's like, you son of a bitch, Kidman, and you can't find them in the parking lot.
1: <laughs> yes, Hogan, <laughs> Hogan is in the parking lot yelling Kidman. So without the appropriate context, I think he's like looking for a dog that he lost named Kidman. He's just like, Kidman, come on, boy. Come on, brother. Come, come on, Kidman. Kid. Yeah, like – he looks like he's – I don't know if it's just, I've seen a lot of people in my neighborhood that lose dogs, and they just walk through the neighborhood yelling their dog's name. But I. this one I felt like I was watching. And then this is when they cut to Jarrett hanging the open contract, which we talked about earlier. This is a hell of a, like, first four, like, half hour for this show. Um, what are you thinking at this point, man? We've covered a lot of ground pretty quickly. But what do you think about this?
2: Oh, there's, there's a lot going on. Um, it's definitely – bouncing like a basketball from segment to segment to segment going to commercials in between segments with big stars like hogan and um trying to get you back to watch hogan after the commercial break and i don't know it's just it's a lot and but i did pop when he called mean gene a jurassic slap nuts
1: <laughs> oh for sure J- jared and mean gene are an underrated mean gene interview duo i mean it's kind of like if Gene's interviewing the Horsemen during the Wrestling War Zone era, which I know is on hiatus, but it still has a great back catalog you can listen to on the North Style Connection Podcast Network. Um, uh, it, it has a really nice um, – what the hell was I talking about? I did a pitch, <laughs> and I forgot what the hell I was talking about. Can you believe it? What was I talking about?
2: Uh, me and Gene and Jarrett having chemistry uh, having yes. together.
1: Thank you. So Michi gives a has an interview with the Horseman. It's probably going to be is pretty
2: not good. Just, not just Vince no. Russo WCW. It's also this podcast, apparently, too. <laughs> it's, a
1: real, it's a real thing, folks. And if you think you or someone in your family needs, you know, to see someone, go for it.
2: <laughs> hey, if you need Adderall, i guy.
1: Hey, there you go. I know a guy who knows a guy who has a thing. Uh, if he does an interview with, like, Hogan, it's usually probably going to be entertaining an interview with, like, I don't know, Bobby Heenan and a character he's managing. Jarrett is an underrated duo. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I didn't I didn't, I didn't expect Jarrett to be on the Mount Rushmore of Mean Gene interviewers.
1: He's an honorable mention. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not ready to officially commit to a Mount Rushmore-style ranking, but he's at least honorable mention in my head at this point. Speaking he of Mount, always. Oh, go ahead.
2: Speaking of Mount Rushmore's, this match next is definitely going to be on it. Yes or no?
1: Um... Maybe in like a a saloon bathroom, if they had like a postcard of Mount Rushmore, it would be on that Mount Rushmore. (laughs)
2: Oh God. Um,
1: It's Terry Funk versus the wall for the WCW Hardcore Championship. And after about five minutes, Terry Funk defeats the wall via what I'm calling a series of unfortunate events. Um, Why does Mark Madden... During this match, keep talking about Hogan when they've switched storylines, and why does he call him Terry Bole and not Terry Boleya? What the fuck is he on?
2: Uh, they keep talking to Hogan, trying to keep us to keep watching. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. No, you know what? You would argue <laughs> overruled. But uh, because, and this is also a god awful hardcore match that was just. Oh, the wall! Like, when did he start wrestling in WCW?
1: Um, I want to say mid '99 is when he first appeared as a character, so he's breaking away from into
2: his career here.
1: Well, you got to remember he was uh, Alex Wright's bodyguard for a while. It's okay. kind of like when when Nash came into WCW, like he was Diesel, and I'm sure that, but there was a certain amount of time he didn't actually perform except as an on-screen character, being a bodyguard, right? He didn't wrestle. Okay, the wall so this had. A, Go ahead. Yeah, the wall had a period like that,
2: basically. All right. So this is gonna be almost his future for future ref- for a current reference. Yes. <laughs> I hope not. Oh um,
1: brutal. Yeah, he, he never really improves, unfortunately. Uh, funk funk starts hitting him with these chair shots, and it's like, I'm not surprised the guy's dead. I mean, this, this is some really chair brutal shots
2: shit. Like rights and lefts, you know. Yeah. Like, they're work punches here. It's just like, oh, what are we doing, guys?
1: <laughs> Terry Funk hits what I'm calling the best moonsault in the history of our sport.
2: <laughs> I would say, I wrote it, give Charlotte Flair goosebumps. It does.
1: Like, when, when the, and after the wall, like, botches and doesn't catch him, they kind of zoom in on his face because he's selling kind of pain. But he looks like a dude who absolutely knows he's going to get yelled at so hard in the pack after this match. <laughs>
2: Uh the why, because the pile driver through the announce table that was just looks so goddamn stiff.
1: Yeah. It, oh, it the table doesn't break. You it know, doesn't even move. <laughs> no. Uh they eventually like head to the back and they there's like these I like I don't know what's going on here, but I feel like they are in the TNA asylum because there's these like dancer cages that are never explained and never anything, and they just start wrestling around them. But they're literally like the TNA
2: cage dancer cages. But real quick, what did you think of Tony Schiavone's white tennis shoes and blue, blue jeans with his blazer when, the, when he was at the announce table when he moved? <laughs> so I'm going
1: to kind of harken back to what we were discussing earlier and put it this way. I'm totally cool with the Tony Schiavone character wearing that, but I would hope Tony <laughs> Schiavone, the person, wouldn't be caught dead wearing it. But I kind of yeah. want the Tony Schiavone character to
2: always be wearing it. Those tennis shoes were so white, and those blue jeans had creases in them. Like, they were Whoa. just put on.
1: You got to remember, this is 1999, and even fashionable shit was pretty unfashionable.
2: Oh, he looks... Oh, it's 2000, my bad. I don't know why I said 99. I wish it was 99 WCW, but... <laughs> but, um...
1: Oh, yeah, you're a fan of Miss Madness and Mona. Uh-huh.
2: It, it looked like he was, like, he looked so, like, uncool, and he's, like, the coolest guy ever. <laughs>
1: yeah for sure
2: but uh yeah so the wall is whacking chair shots to to funk as they make their way to the back for the finish of this match and as you were describing two tables just randomly fall on the wall
1: yes it truly was a series of unfortunate events
2: and then funks moves the table onto the wall's chest and does like a curb stomp to his chest and then yeah
1: yeah um I don't know who pushed the tables over, but it's probably the same guy that lived in the briefcase at King of the Ring.
2: Perfect. So um, I gave this three quarters of a star. This was was very bad.
1: Wow. I gave it one trip to the emergency room. I figured they were – because I figured it was – it was more fun for me to watch than the first match, and I gave that one. So yes. by default, so I had to give these guys at least the same. So three quarters to the emergency
2: room, they wouldn't make, they wouldn't make it all... The, they'd only make it three quarters of the way there because they'd have to stop and hit each other with chairs unprotected.
1: Uh, I think, like, they get shocked when they walk through the door if they don't have insurance. So they didn't <laughs> actually get into the hospital. There's just this, like, force field.
2: Yeah, they definitely didn't have insurance. But uh, yeah. Vinny Rue is you know, cruise around back, and then he bumps into our boys, Chronic.
1: Chronic, 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 Chronic. Ryan, uh, Crush looks just like Brandon Lee. I don't know if you know who Brandon Lee was.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, no, I don't know who Brandon Lee was. Sorry.
1: He, was, the, he, was he was the crow. Uh,
2: Not the everybody's the
1: crow, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> I should this, I, I'm this disappointing
2: point, you left and right today I'm sorry
1: no it's fine it's fine I actually uh, I find it fascinating um I, I at this point in the podcast I, I should I need to pause and let everyone know that I have serious crush bias so all anytime Brian Adams is you know talked about on the show I will probably be way too generous
2: that's interesting why well, because I, I, I wrote down I can see why neither of them really made it <laughs> no for sure they're both bad, and the delivery is
1: bad, too, but I always played as Crush in the WWF WrestleFest arcade game because he could do the Tilted World Backbreaker, and I just loved him. Was, he was Demolition Crush at the time. Yeah, I, just loved- cool.
2: I played that game last year at this time because my wife took me to an arcade for my birthday-ish, and they had that game. So I played that game for like an hour and 45 minutes straight isn't it the
1: isn't it the best i like emulate it on my kindle but it's not the same because you know you don't have the greasy control stick or the
2: you know the craziness and the atmosphere of the arcade uh do you have a good great shape and it was just super fun and i got lost in it and i was like wow that was that was an hour and 45 minutes and she's like yeah what a saint that lady is
1: (laughs) yeah totally i mean it it sounds like my kind of lady uh what's her (laughs) number again uh no i'm kidding i i kid i kid um do you have a uh, if anyone listening to this has played wrestlefest they know the answer to this mystery which i didn't decide i was going to talk about until just a second but i feel like i'm never going to have this forum again in the version of Wrestlefest that i played at this grocery store in my hometown uh you could actually pick demolition as individuals and form other tag teams so my go-to tag team was crush and sergeant slaughter i've not able to make that happen in the version of the game that I have. So am I, is this like a Berenstein Bears, Berenstein Bears type thing? You familiar with that phenomenon? Uh, Again, no. (laughs) Uh, It's like, uh, it's like if we collectively remember something incorrectly, does that mean that it's actually the truth? And the the gimmick is that some people say the Bernstein Bears, and some people say the Bernstein Bears. And the argument being that did we remember it wrong or was it changed fundamentally because we all remember it the wrong way?
2: Gotcha. So your your so your grocery store arcade game just had a glitch in it, pretty much. I
1: don't know. I don't know if it was a glitch or if someone had beat the game and unlocked like a special mode or something like that. Um, because you can only pick demolition together, but I was able to pick slaughter. And crush. And so I have extreme crush and slaughter bias, but it slaughter won't show Indiana up here.
2: Too.
1: Well, I didn't grow up in Indiana. Oh, uh, Ohio thing? Okay. It might be an Ohio thing. I got all right. Well, rant chance. Rant over, Chronic's pissed off because Russo promised him a title shot in exchange for helping them last night at the pay per view. Is that
2: pretty much it? Yeah, and he says, guys, don't worry, you'll get it. Just not tonight.
1: Yeah. Why is he acting tough? He should be his character should be like really nervous. Right. These it's I mean, these guys are, you know, looking dudes
2: because he books himself and he wants himself to look like a badass.
1: That's the exact same conclusion that I came to. Well put, my friend. (laughs) Um, As we cut the commercial, they cut to the contract that Jarrett hung. And uh, I I learned how to write in cursive, even though I kind of think it's pointless now. So I know that someone writes an S onto this contract and we fade to black. Who the hell could it be? Could it be Superman? Scotty Too uh the Sandman of ECW fame. I mean, Scorpio. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's a lot of wrestlers that start with S. Santino Marella. She- it's, a, it's a shame that they lost their red. Mm-hmm. Seamus, I don't know. Seamus is one of those guys that's wrestled for like 20 years, I feel like, at this point. And that feels so weird to me.
2: Yeah, Seamus is awesome. In a way. No,
1: for sure. Like he's a good he's a good performer
2: that's the best way to put it yes shaman's a good yeah. way, uh, great performer never really got into him as a as a performer but as a performer he's great if you kind of get what i'm saying
1: <laughs> sure he seems like a decent enough guy i actually i thought he was pretty funny in the uh again have you seen the ninja turtles movie with where he plays rocksteady i think he does like mocap for it and does the voice no <laughs> you, hey i'm gonna be real with you do you know what mocap means though okay that's fine because it's a very niche nerdy thing i'm not i'm not mocking i'm just getting myself on the correct level for the references
2: (laughs) (laughs) why is ddp so goddamn annoying in this interview here
1: i don't know he's pissed off about having to wrestle awesome i think he's supposed to be acting like he's out of sorts because of what happened with kimberly he's
2: not Um, even good at it though he's i find him more annoying than anything
1: I mean, I don't think anyone's ever been on record indicating that DDP was worthy of, you know, giving a, a performance. Uh, he's pretty good and ready to rumble. But, yeah, he's not delivering the goods here. I don't know. He probably doesn't. Uh, I don't know. Were him and Kimberly having problems at this time? I mean, they eventually get divorced anyway. I don't know if it was maybe too too close to home. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But the yeah, uh, guess-
2: Now the Mama Lukes are in the ring ready to rock and roll.
1: Yes. Yes, they are.
2: And I am feeling um, their vibe with the fingers and all that. Hey, have you seen NXT
1: 2.0? So I have seen pictures of Braun Breaker because he's Rick Steiner's kid, right?
2: Okay. Did you know that Tony D'Angelo is a part of the Mamelukes?
1: Tony D'Angelo? You haven't seen Tony D'Angelo? No. Is this a, a new character on NXT 2.0? Yes, and he is Tony Soprano. <laughs> wow. So is, is, is he a man?
2: Is he a manager or, or a wrestler? He's a wrestler, and he, well, he's um he's Tony from Soprano Buffalo. was a little
1: o- overweight,
2: so you know. <laughs> well, he, no, he's just acting like Tony Soprano. He's like, hey, we're gonna have a problem, kid. You know what I mean? One got it, got so, it, got
1: it. My bad. Took it too literal.
2: So he is from New York. He's from Buffalo area, and he uh he you know is an amateur wrestler that they signed, and they just gave him a very stereotypic italian gimmick kind of like the Mamalukes. you know what i mean but this guy is uh for instance he you know he put a guy in the in the trunk of his car and he, he made him disappear you know ah
1: for sure he's with joey numbers and taz yeah,
2: yeah joey numbers and taz I saw, I saw that that was amazing
1: this um i don't know it, so is, is is it a legitimate continuation of the mamaluks characters or is it just the same
2: style of gimmick same same style pretty much is what I was getting to but gotcha. they uh he's he's pretty over on the internet in in that uh full uh, well nxt studio uh live crowd now it's uh it's pretty good i like it he's yeah, pretty pretty, he's pretty good at it i he i got him as like early enzo amare vibes but like in a good way you know wow character wise
1: so i'm not really condoning it because i I think he's kind of a piece of shit, but I do think at this one point in time they could have legitimately brought Enzo back into WWE and made him like the number one heel in the company.
2: Yeah, in the lane.
1: Yeah. But then he would have profited from it, so I don't know if I'm down with
2: that. Yeah, I like Enzo, but the more you see of him, the more you're like, I like I like Enzo on TV. Enzo, yeah, I get what you're saying. No, yeah, he
1: he does a character great, but it's (laughs) well, it fits in because the Mama are basically, you know. He's kind of doing an extension of that. It's not the same. No, but it's the same, like, stereotype sort of New right. York sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I was more saying, like, character getting over type of things, like how Enzo did early on with that crowd when he started his whole gimmick thing. This guy got the same vibe, same kind of same charisma as Enzo go- Enzo has, and it, it just works. Like, this, obviously, he's not going to act like this Sicilian badass mobster. He, you know, he's going to shed it once his character is developed, just like any other WWE guys. They shed the majority of their quote-unquote character, and then they're just kind of a shell of it, and they turn into who they are. So, but, you know, at the start, this guy's character is working in NXT 2.0. And some mm-hmm. are, not and some are, and this guy happens to be. So I figured I would share that with you as we jump into the Mama Luke's as I do the uh, the double fist up my up Yes, my, you got it. Yes.
1: Yes, the, the studio audience can see us doing the thing through the through the power of internet because you know I'm doing it too. Um, Were you upset the, that Chronic kicked the shit out of the Harris Bros here? No, I would kind of pay to actually see it happen in real life.
2: <laughs> no, if it was a shoot fight, would the Harris would the Chronic beat the Harris Bros? Um, I don't know. I I feel like that's
1: uh, it's not exactly irresistible force and immovable object, but. You know, it didn't seem like it'd probably last long. I think they'd get kind of tired. Yeah, they
2: definitely. They both get winded and they feel like, hey, we'll settle this later.
1: <laughs> I mean, luckily the script, though, tells us who would win. It Chronic takes out the Harris brothers and then they enter themselves in a, a number one contenders match that ends up not really being a match because there's no referee. We do get some Brian Adams finger guns, though. Did you see this? <laughs>
2: Like crushes or is bad, but Adam Bond is like terrible.
1: Yeah, he is really bad. Um, Adams at least because Adams is crush. Yeah. The singer is crush. Brian Adams. Um, he at least he's in the ring. He's he's talking. He and it's not good, but he's it's doing recurrent. something. Yes, but he's doing something. Brian Clark is just doing scripted moves. He's not doing anything in between these moves to make himself come alive.
2: Ugh, and then speaking of scripted bullshit, the next segment. Ugh. <laughs> oh, like, is that is that
1: is it vampiro?
2: Ugh yes. Like I thought I like remembered Vampiro being somewhat charismatic and somewhat good, but like this like cadence and this promo on Sting is just it's just bullshit and blah. What, Sting. what do you think of, what do you think of Vampiro as a whole? I tasted your blood. I smelled your fear. Yes. Like, what is going yeah. on with this? And then he says, is he says, um, is it his brothers in pain or his brother in paint? So it's a playoff of
1: brothers in paint. He thinks he's being cool and he calls them brothers in pain without the oh. T as an attempt to get that over. I don't know if that's something that he is trying to do on his own because he thinks the paint thing is dumb. And I'm going to pretend that it is so I can give him like half a credit point and think that he's not a complete loser because this is the worst promo of one of them I've ever heard.
2: Yes, and then he says, Slam- uh, Sting, I'm going to fight you again at Slambury in three weeks. And I'm like, "I get- we get three more weeks of this fucking bullshit promos? Well, don't forget, we get Thunder too. Oh, uh, six. Oh, so, uh, fuck you. But <laughs> Thunder,
1: so Thunder though is yeah, kind
2: girl.
1: of, uh, Thunder's kind of a hidden gem show in some ways, meaning that you're not going to get like internet definition hidden gem matches but you're going to get some segments that are just there to fill time and it's kind of like there's no rules in a sense that these characters we can do whatever we want and i don't know i feel like there's some entertaining shit that comes out of that
2: all right i'm looking forward to that though but i just don't want <laughs> any more of this type of promo this promo was just
1: pretty- well let me ask you this then yeah, and i agree with you Pat. i didn't mean to finish your thought there but was sting worse what the fuck was he talking about?
2: I don't know. It was like he was like, I can't wait to get out of this feud. Vibes is what I got.
1: Yeah, he comes down. So the, like the lights. I guess I'll just cover briefly what happens. The lights go down. Sting repels when the lights are down, and the lights come up, and Sting's there in his gear. Like why? Why even do that?
2: Why even take that risk if you're not going to show it? Yes, and then they. So and it felt like he was late, and then he's cutting a promo on Vampiro. And in between the promo, he's whacking him with a bat. And he keeps
1: keeps calling him boy, too. And I'm really uncomfortable watching this because he'll be like, you know what runs through my veins, boy? And then he hits him with with a bat. Pretty hardcore, too. Like, Sting is – I was going to say Sting is like bullying Vampiro, but then I was like, I don't really like that word. I think it's lost all its luster. But he's like – he is just taking him to
2: task.
1: Like it's like not like, even.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I not even like a war wrestling a safe sketch.
2: War. War, war <laughs> a safe ward, and then every time he says a safe word, he's gonna hit him.
1: Yeah, it's 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 brutal. Like the Sting character just—I wrote—Vampiro's dead in the water after this. Like the character's done. He gets baked by Sting here.
2: Yeah, it. He put then he puts him in a scorpion deathlock, and fucking, I don't know. it was just he just dead is the best way to put it
1: he buries him worse than the undertaker buried maven
2: is um there is there a lot of vampiro after this skin
1: oh yeah oh yeah oh dude you don't even fucking know (laughs) (laughs) you don't even know what well i don't want to spoil it but they have a match at a pay-per-view that's not slamboree that has a very special stipulation and if you've never seen this i can't wait (laughs) oh i can't wait
2: not um but i have a quick little note i say 47 minutes in and we have about seven minutes of total wrestling i you
1: know i I believe those numbers are probably exact
2: 57 minutes into the peacock stream and we have seven minutes of actual wrestling
1: is it sad that when you said peacock stream i pictured a dude in like a peacock costume peeing at a urinal and looking at the guy next to him being like it's a living
2: (laughs) it's a living (laughs) what the fuck
1: no <laughs> uh oh, okay fair enough hogan is he's still looking for his dog though right he's like kidman! Hey, kidman! he he asks these yeah. kids and ki- he goes hey kids you see kidman and they cut these fucking kids who are actually a catering and hogan's like okay he breaks character and he like goes up to one of them and pats him on the back It's very strange well hulk did that not Terry. Yeah, you're well, yeah, but, but okay, oh, you're right, and tonight Terry's the one who's the performer. That's right, that's Terry's right. Terry's so, the Hulk. Hulk's the brother. Wait, this is some Inception level shit, because the Hulk Hogan character is now proclaiming that he's Terry Bollea, but he's still the Hulk Hogan
2: character. Hey, Johnny, guess what? Huh. I never saw Inception.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, fair enough. I own the DVD, though. Well, you should really okay
2: should i watch that one
1: first yes you should have watched it already it's a very good film you know that's the movie that uh have you (laughs) seen the dark knight have you seen the dark knight with heath ledger as the joker you haven't fucking seen the dark knight jesus christ this movie was a cultural phenomenon it's okay though
2: i I don't i don't trend to stuff i like sports and i like wrestling what do you want me to do that's okay
1: no no it's okay well, just to put in perspective, it's like uh, the guy that directed The Dark Knight, the Heath Ledger Joker movie, they wanted him to do a third Batman movie. And he said, I will do it if you do a movie that is completely everything I want it to be. And that was Inception. It was like okay. his dream project. So it was kind of like um, Inception is like this director's ultimate culmination in terms of there are no budgetary restrictions. He's got I mean, you said it yourself Leo is in it. Okay. Yeah. Nobody came for the Inception, but we're there, and I'm not turning back. Like it has a really good cast. It's really good movie. It's intellectual, uh, but also fun to watch. But it involves many levels of storytelling, much like Terry Bolea is actually Hulk Hogan is actually Terry Bolea performing as Hulk Hogan. Is it, it over the two gag. hours? Oh yeah, it's like two forty maybe.
2: Oh. Now, if it was at, like, 259, I'd be like, oh, I can manage that. If it's at, like, 201, I'm like, what the fuck? Now, how Tom, sick is that?
1: Tom Hardy's
2: in
1: it? Who? Like, you the like guy Tom that makes H- clothes? No. To- oh, God. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Hardy. No, Tom Hardy, the MMA. He's in an MMA movie. Have you seen the MMA movie,
2: right? Uh, The one with Kurt Angle?
1: Yes, I don't know if Kurt Angle said it to be honest with you. <laughs> I've not seen it. I know that Tom Hardy's in some movie where he plays an MMA fighter. He played Bane. You know if I do a Bane
2: voice, you know Bane. I know is. Bane the, I know the character. I mean, I know the uh the mask.
1: Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That's and that's good. You get like so many points for me tonight. I gave somebody half of a point earlier, Sean Stasiak or somebody. I don't know. Maybe Vampiro. You get more points than that. You know Hi, the I'm going to have
2: to watch a movie. I'm going to surprise you next next time and be like, hey, I watched a movie.
1: Actually, um, stay tuned for our next episode when this episode's over someday, uh, <laughs> where uh, Ryan reviews Inception. I can't fucking wait. We're going to lead the next episode with that, so stay tuned, folks.
2: <laughs> Maybe we um, should end it so
1: they can okay, okay.
2: not leave right away.
1: <laughs> Fair enough, but uh, either way, it'll be worth it. I guarantee
2: uh, it. You got Mike Awesome versus DDP. This is actually pretty watchable at first. I
1: yeah, I found it was I felt like Awesome was off tonight, man. Help me sell me that he wasn't.
2: Well, it was a three minute match. You know what I mean? And they were getting their shit in, brother. But <laughs> it was a three minute match. Let's get our shit in, brother. And DDP was still wearing the Soprano shirt, so I was all about it.
1: But uh, I love yeah, the best awesome, of defense.
2: Uh, you know, it was pretty much just like DDP is like, all right, I'm gonna outman you at first and then awesome's like well bro i gotta get my shit in i'm new here and they gave me this big contract so i gotta do some athletic stuff and ddp's like yeah yeah bro i'm just gonna kick your ass quick transition get your shit in and then let's go home with nash you like it two minutes how about three boom let's go bang that's that's what that's (laughs) for the match you think that i feel like you
1: i I love i love it i love the, the vivid picture you painted of ddp in the back with mike awesome I, I gotta think that he's probably got a sweet little nickname for Kevin Nash. Do you think he calls him like Nashy or Nasho or Kev Kev? Like Big yo, Sex, boy. Big
2: Sex. I want to think DDP calls him Big Sex. I, big Sex. I, I, and then he's I like, w- the Sex in my life. I
1: kind of want sex. some. I kind of want someone to call me Big Sex in an, in a natural state someday before I die. Like Hey <laughs> like, Big like,
2: Sex. Or she start playing a video game and then hey like Hey Big Sex, are you done with that kind of thing? Yeah. You know?
1: Yes, because that's what I put as my name when I get the high score. I put Big Sex, and I'm like a local legend.
2: <laughs> yeah, some lady walks up and be like, are you Big Sex? Like, I've been trying to find out who you are because I can't beat your score.
1: I've been looking for you for years. It says that you've picked Crush and Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter. How did you do that? You know, I'm just like, well, I mean, I'm Big Sex. What do you want?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but so far this is the match of the night at a star and a quarter. And I write that we can whack each other with chairs, but as soon as we bring out tables, it's a DQ.
1: <laughs> well, it was a DQ because Canyon interfered. But
2: then if you recall no. the night before, no, it was, it was because Canyon interferes, right? No, it was a DQ. It, the match is still going on with Canyon interferes. It's a DQ when they throw the table in the ring.
1: Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Cause that's, that's, intent to intent to harm with a table is not legal in illinois i think it comes with a
2: mandatory two to three (laughs) two to three but um (laughs) so nash is you know once this fucking bullshit's finally over nash's music hits awesome is fucking looking at the rampway and it felt like 55 minutes till nash snuck behind him (laughs) like what took so long? it was
1: it was longer than uh, Booker T getting pinned by Triple H. It was Ooh. a long time that Nash was not coming out when his music was played.
2: And then he hits someone like a a twentieth of the table, <laughs> like he misses eighty of it, eighty percent of the table he misses. Then he just nicks them with the last twenty percent, and the table like breaks pretty bad. And the, but it looked like it sucked. But Nash is cool as fuck, and it was definitely the highlight of the show. Nash is the man. He-
1: yeah, and for the people from a wrestling perspective that I know we alienated with our 30 minute review of In- our discussion of Inception, but this does do a good thing for the wrestling program. Uh, it's nice to see Canyon like rubbing elbows with the main event players. Like that's something that's yes. not happening on the new blood side because they're all sort of, they've been thrust into this main event storyline, but they're not organically there. And it's interesting to see the opposite of that, which is the good guys have someone who's in the mid-card, you know?
2: So, to, so, all right, so the millionaire – so is Canyon a part of the Millionaire's Club?
1: Uh, so I believe
2: – Or is there's like a, Terry Funk? He's not, not neither.
1: So he's more of a millionaire than not. eventually they're, they start – I don't want to spoil anything, but they kind of start traveling together as a group, and that's like the thing. They like arrive to the arenas together. And I believe he's a part of that package until he's not. And that's all I'd say about his future. But they become like an actual unit eventually where you see Hogan hanging out with Flair and Sting and like DDP and Nash. Like they're kind of like the cool kids in school. (laughs) You know,
2: that's that's what's going on
1: in that bus. I'm not ribbing you, nashy (laughs) Pooh.
2: But yeah, like you said, good for Canyon for being a part of this. Even as a kid, I liked Chris Canyon a lot.
1: Oh, for sure. I, I do like Canyon. I think Canyon's legitimately entertaining. He gets a gimmick later on that like within my like my little circle of friends, and even my brother who's not like a massive wrestling fan, knows this gimmick that Canyon does later in the summer and thinks fondly of it. So he makes an impression.
2: Yeah. But uh, we got Vinny Rue out back tell asking someone to reconsider tonight, which I assume would be against Jarrett. Hey bro, can you just reconsider for tonight?
1: All right, so I had a gag planned where I reference a movie and then ask you if you think it was just something similar, but I have doubts if you've even seen this movie, which is basically a part of the American cultural zeitgeist. Okay, well, just let's just ask me. Let's
2: see if I know. Okay,
1: well he looks like the dude who in the Wizard of Oz who like opens the door and talks to Dorothy and then slams it in his face. Like she keeps opening and closing when they're trying to get into the Emerald City. The 1957 Wizard of Oz. Did no, I get the air 19- right? The nineteen thirty nine Wizard of Oz. But you're close. Oh, you're close. I, close. I love that you took I love that you took the chance. Did you see how confident I was though? You know, you were, and that's okay though, because you took the chance. You took the leap.
2: Oh, I'm not afraid to take chances. I'm a big chance taker.
1: I like it. I like it. Let's go to the casino. You buy. I'll pick.
2: <laughs> you buy you buy you, uh I buy and you just kinda hang around and grab grab the scraps.
1: Yeah, we'll play a hundred dollar coin flip. Heads I win, tails you
2: lose. All right, perfect. I like it.
1: Nice. <laughs> I think Mean Gene talks to the tag team champs here, but who are the champs? Totally uh, franchised.
2: Oh, we missed fucking Mark Madden freaking out because Tank Abbott walked out, walked backstage. Oh,
1: yeah, and Madden's kind of great here because he's like, "Oh yeah.
2: my God,
1: what the yeah. hell? Okay, keep him away from me." <laughs> Madden's. That job. was really loud. Madden constantly sounds like he's chewing pastrami when he commentates.
2: <laughs> well, that's fitting, I guess. But, uh, uh, yeah, Buff Daddy and the franchise are tag team champs. And this is just a like, sloppy, shitty segment with me and Gene. They would be – they are not in Jeff Jarrett territory with me and Gene. They were just all over the place, sloppy, and just, ugh. Like, they look terrible. Sounded terrible, the whole thing. Gross.
1: So – Hercules and Roma are power and glory. I'm gonna say that these guys are dull and boring. Sour and, and just, glory. Yeah, that's better because it, it rhymes more today. closer. I worked oh, that Damn it! I forgot that. You're right. Okay, so we'll give it to Mike Helgstrand. Whatever the
2: fuck his name is.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just they're just bad. Um,
2: yeah, and then Luger comes on, come in, and he's yeah. They make him bad, even though he's not great to begin with. Well, he,
1: it's weird because he, oh. he, he challenges the franchise to a very specific match. And, what, and we should probably tear it back to talk about what this means to the plot. The whole point of this interview is they establish a slamboree that they're going to they're doing a split face off, you know, like everyone's kind of matching up with their partners, their dance partners, like Sting's fighting uh, Vampiro, as we mentioned, and then Jarrett and DDP are fighting again and they're fighting one another. Individually, so we got franchise versus is one match, and Buff versus Luger is another match. But Luger challenges the franchise to a match tonight, and if Vince Russo interferes before the bell rings, uh, then the tag titles actually go to Team Package. We would have new champions. Terrible. Luger, Terrible. It's 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 a crazy stip, but is it weird that we're to believe that the Lex Luger character, like the person that is Lex Luger, had this idea in his head? and was like cognitively thinking about it. And because it's so specific, it's almost like he's a lawyer. <laughs> if Vince Russo interferes before the bell rings, like, you know, he's, he's giving the, the creative an out in the dialogue. And it just stands out like a sore thumb.
2: Yeah. It just was not good at all. I have nothing else to say about
1: it. <laughs> it wasn't tank tank. Abbott says he's going to beat up a different guy every week until Goldberg responds to him. And Madden is on commentary pleading tell me he said another guy (laughs) that was pretty good yeah tank starts the interview and he says this is not my first barbecue and yeah clearly
2: (laughs) (laughs) is this has he been in three count yet
1: no no that's not until they they um give up on the tank avid no it's cool eventually they give up on the tank avid character or i should say he gets buried well you'll get there it's not it's in july so we'll get to it two months or so. Next Christmas? Oh, no, geez. I'm kidding. Um, no, it'll be sooner than you know, because yeah, you know, we got the greater there's a lot. This story evolves, this narrative, because it kind of persists throughout the entire promotion, kind of like the invasion, if you think about it, to where it started pretty tight with the storytelling, and then eventually when you get to like September, October, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, these. These guys are feuding anyway about something else, but one of them happens to be in the Alliance, and one of them happens to be WWF. You know what I mean?
2: Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But uh, who is the unfortunate folk this week that Tank Abbott crushes?
1: Oh, my God, dude. It's the scariest shit I've ever seen. It's this old (laughs) man who, like, owned the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Yeah. Ah, God. I wrote his name down earlier. Well, the thing is, dude – I. And I'm scared for this guy's life. I can't even it, – it startled the shit out of me because I don't know what they told this guy that Tank Abbott was going to do. But the dude clearly shits himself and, like, goes limp, and Tank has to deadlift him because this guy's not helping him. He's not a performer. He doesn't know that it's a two-party system, bro. He's a pretty sturdy
2: guy too. He's not a smart yeah, guy.
1: It takes two to tango, brother. I mean this guy doesn't help at all. And Tank, to his credit and also discredit – Murders this guy's abdomen on the ring apron, but he deadlifts him in the ring too. So I got to give him props. It's kind of the guy's own fault he gets hurt,
2: right? He's a rather strong guy, but uh, Madden is talking up the guy next to him. I'm not gonna pretend like I remember his name, but he is the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, ringer. He's the fighter. He's the goon for the Blackhawks at the time. And uh, this guy Madden. jumps. The, this guy jumps in the ring and breaks up the melee. <laughs>
1: Bad Bob Probert is I wrote down who it was. I have no idea who this guy is. I Googled him and apparently he wrote a book where he talks about all the shitty things he did during his life, like prostitutes, allegedly. No, I don't have to say allegedly, because I think he wrote the book himself. And drugs
2: and all this shit. So he was uh <laughs> So he was a goon on the ice and then after the games he would just hit up the hit, hit up the local whores.
1: Well, it's weird, though, because this guy reacts like a robot because I'm sure they told him, OK, now when they get into the ring, you're going to jump over the rail and get into the ring because he waits until Madden and the other guy are both in the ring. And then he reacts like it's it, business exposing.
2: Yeah, it was weird. It, yeah. Well, you know, Abbott is new at this. <laughs> the other two are just local the local owner for the hockey team, the local hockey player. You know what I mean, it's like all of them are green and whatnot you know but i thought it was pretty interesting mainly because the way how Abbott grabbed him and carried him through him in the ring yeah for sure it looked real and then the other guy jumping in was just like you said right
1: yeah this gets no reaction from the crowd even though it's like a local sports
2: which is weird you know yeah have you ever ever visited nitrogirls.com
1: um
2: i will do you one better
1: i tried to buy it this afternoon
2: (laughs) Oh, it's available on, Go-Go, on go go on GoDaddy whatever.
1: Yeah, like so I saw I was watching this and uh, I saw the the website and I went to it and it was for sale and I called the number and gave it about 10 minutes on hold and I was going to try to purchase it in preparation for tonight's episode, but I tried. <laughs> now, if you do if you do want to purchase it, call 855-201-2286. <laughs> I
2: I commend you for that.
1: I swear to God, and and, and uh, you know, I I, I don't know. I, it sounded like it was for a goddamn sex line. <laughs> no, it's,
2: no, it's your wife gonna be like, uh, Johnny, why is this uh, sex sex call on the bill, on the phone phone bill?
1: Well, I mean, brother, it wasn't me. It was the Johnny C
0: character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> brother, try to catch a nut. <laughs> <laughs> but I do encourage anyone that is still listening to this that hasn't seen inception to watch it but also to go back and watch this commercial for nitrogirls.com and pause it when they flash on the screen of the stats of each girl because they list like who should play them in a movie what their previous jobs were uh uh sky says alias miss hancock like i it's fascinating
2: yeah i didn't watch it i didn't even know miss hancock or stacy Keebler wasn't nitro girl i'm sky like
1: they all introduce themselves like it's a nine hundred number.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, they all have stripper names. <laughs> they do. You,
1: you. I'm Tigris. Uh, <laughs> you know. Jarrett. Uh, uh, Jarrett J- gets done uh, on NitroGirls.com and starts talking to Russo. And Russo, like he's pissed at Russo because someone signed the contract. And Russo does the classic bad guy move. Of being like, yeah, man, why would you even put that contract up? And Jared's like, you're the one who told me to. And Russo's like, nah, man, that wasn't me. <laughs> I kind of I
2: enjoyed that. Like, I, I, I did know, too. I kind of enjoyed them trying to motherfuck each other, but stay friendly. But like, hey, you did this. No, you did that, you know, type of it, thing.
1: And and uh, Vince Russo's like, I'm going to fix this. And Jared goes, here we go again, J.J. J. Dillon. And I don't even I. Vince Russo, Mark, you don't get the reference. I'm lost at this point.
2: <laughs> but uh, we got that mostly most anticipated Luger versus franchise match up next. And,
1: um, uh, yeah. This, you know what? This match isn't bad. It has I was just going to write. It was it,
2: okay. It was okay. It has,
1: it has kicks and punches.
2: So kicks and punches. Luger's actually moving fairly well. I think Douglas is the worst part of the match. Yeah. Uh, Douglas... Man, how do you
1: feel about the shit on his boots? I like it, but I feel like it doesn't fit the franchise character.
2: Uh, it feels like 80s babyface midcard, really. Yeah.
1: No, that's a great point. And I don't, I don't know. I've never been an ECW guy, which I know you can listen to ECW three-way dance on the North-South Podcast Connection. Uh, but I just don't – Shane Douglas is not a thing for me, man. What, do you like him at all?
2: Um… Like I liked some of his promos in ECW, but that's Paul Heyman, you know, making what he's good at and emphasizing it and highlighting it. But um yeah, I don't I, I always thought he was an interesting guy, but the more I see of him, the less I like.
1: Yeah, I think that's I you know what, that's a really good way to put it because I've watched a lot of this 2000 shit and he just lost all, you know, like I just I, he probably had good moments, but he doesn't have any during this entire run. And that's kind of my view of him. It's like if you only saw Dean Douglas. Yeah,
2: you know? my thing is my thing is his biggest fan is definitely himself.
1: For sure. Uh, I, I saw some zombie. Oh, I did watch some zombie movie I think that he was in.
2: And that's uh, a I didn't rabbit see, hole. Spoiler, I didn't... I didn't see that one. I know. I and mean, well I'm surprised even I saw this one. Uh But the best part of this, you know, like you said, this is an okay match, but the best part of this match is when Buff comes out with his full music and full entrance and full pyro. And I was like, that's kind of, that's pretty good, (laughs) you know?
1: And Tony Schiavone is appalled by it. He's like, we've got a man coming down the aisle with his pyro and his music. Fair to match.
2: Like, I love, like, Buff when he's, like, pointing air guns at his pyro and just going nuts. I I I, I was like, okay, I can't remember why I liked Buff Bagwell as a kid.
1: Yeah, his he is enthusiastic when he comes out. Like, if he was in on the joke, I feel like he would have been a really good like character to have around. But he's yeah, not but in on the joke.
2: I recall myself liking Buff Bagwell as a as a Ute, and then uh, this is my first time in this rewatch where I was like, oh, okay, I like Buff. I can see why I like Buff.
1: You know. So, yeah, for but so you've seen my cousin Vinny? You've given yourself yes. away. Hey,
2: I watched it on New Year's Eve last year. How about it?
1: Okay how
2: about it
1: (laughs) uh dude that's great so i will rewatch that to come up with some jokes uh from my cousin vinny next time i won't really do that but i i'm glad you've seen it it is a funny movie yeah it's pretty
2: cool it was cute
1: did you did you catch when buff comes out there's a woman in the crowd that said has a sign that says buff can i have your overalls (laughs) he wouldn't give them to her no chance well is this a thing are like people into like People's worn overalls.
2: Uh, maybe that's Buff's code of getting them back to the hotel room later. Mm-hmm.
1: Could be. Could or maybe be. she I mean, read
2: that on Cowboys in Cowboysandangels.com. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I had a I had to pull deep into my brain for that one.
1: I know. Oh I can't believe it
2: was... Now do you think Cowboysandangels.com is uh, f- the same for sale as in NitroGirls.com?
1: Um I don't know. I feel like Cowboys and Angels might have more modern day cred because wasn't Buff like a man whore for them or something?
2: <laughs> I think he still might be. Yeah. yeah I, think the, like, I think that's how the brothers make in towns these days.
1: He was in a porno, right?
2: <laughs> I have no clue. I, I, maybe. I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm mean,
1: not trying to be salacious. I'm just trying to remember. I, I feel like that's a thing. And hey, uh, it's fine. It, not No judgment. I'm just saying that that's kind of crazy.
2: Hey, we, you can do some homework and let us know if you want.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll watch the buff porn if you watch Inception, but I'm not giving a review. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Three doinks? All right. Anyways, um, I, I would start hey, yeah. star a quarter for the Loger and franchise match.
1: Yeah, there's a little person in this thing, Matt, that attacks Shane
2: Douglas. Oh, that was so bad. That was just like. It was Luger. I mean, it was Flair, and it was just like, what is this?
1: But he's so tiny in that big coat. He looks like right? Puppet from TNA.
2: Ugh. We get more Hogan uh, over here as he slowly yeah. walks toward Kid- He found Kidman, so now he's slowly walking towards his
1: Well, <laughs> Terry Taylor told him that he like found him, right? He's like, I found oh, your dog, yet. dude. He's like, I found your dog. He's in the parking lot. And Hogan's Terry, like,
2: oh. Wouldn't you know, fucking Terry, to- Terry Taylor stooged off.
1: <laughs> that's right, just like at the pay-per-view. He also says he's late to the show. And I'm like, dude, yeah, we're at like the go-home segment. On, or We're at the end. We're getting close.
2: <laughs> so uh, is this where he throws him in the dumpster and was just tosses him like a piece of trash and kind of paralyzes him? And okay. Then, uh, he sees we... Bischoff, and Bischoff jumps in the Hummer and can't start the car, but then slowly gets out of the car and walks away as Hogan is staring at him? That
1: is exactly what happens. But so then Hogan we...
2: has... Hogan has no issue starting the car, starts the car up, and then rams the Hummer into the dumpster where Kidman is laying. What what beautiful action I just laid out there.
1: Dude, that is an amazing outline of the segment, but there's some crazy shit that happens. We cannot gloss over the fact that at one point Hogan grabs Tori by the throat, backs her up <laughs> against a wall, and cocks his fist back before Kidman saves
2: Tori. Now, dude, that was definitely it? Terry Bollea. That was not Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan would never do that unless it was sensation. Sorry. Well,
1: here's the thing, though, brother. I think if Terry Bollea did it, we're in some hot water, dude. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, yeah.
2: Ooh, so it was definitely Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: think, I think it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah, good call. But,
2: good call. Hulk, uh, Terry would have to go to jail for that one. Hogan, Hogan, I was just playing a character, bro.
1: But I don't think Steve Austin would, and I'm not – just hear me out. I don't think that the Steve Austin character would do something like this. Like, and he's the guy on the other TV show who's basically doing the same thing and like control, you know, ruling the wrestling world. Like, uh, this is a step too far for Hogan, right? Uh, but it's Debra not treated Mcmichael's,
2: that way. Deborah McMichael's would like to think say would like no to and, say about that.
1: And I'm not and I know I make a lot of jokes about like Hulk Hogan and Terry Bolle, et etc. And I know that like Steve Austin the person does not have this record. So I perfect record. So it's a bad comparison, but the Austin character that, like, does shit to Vince McMahon and saves Stephanie wouldn't do this, right? No. Right. And that's that's so weird. Why is Hogan doing it? And Tori Wilson is arguably, like, if he was doing it to, like, Medusa, like, I'm not saying it's cool, but it at least makes wrestling world sense.
2: Yeah. Tori Wilson's, like, innocent. You know? She's barely a valet. Yeah. she's She's, like, a week away from being a Nitro girl.
1: Now, she does hit him with a two-by-four. I did exclude that detail, but it's still <laughs> a bit much for the Hogan character.
2: Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's just the whole this whole thing is weird to me. It is. The,
1: the, did you see what was spray-painted on the, uh, the, the dumpster? What? Caffeine Rush, like six times. And then there was one that said, Subway Now. So I'm thinking this was like a freaking collaboration between surge and like subway who are sponsors and like this was advertising for them
2: hey they got to get it in brother but wouldn't you know that there was a commercial break and guess who was back on the com- back on camera after the commercial oh, uh,
1: the Hulk Hogan character because they're they're like lifting Kidman out of the dumpster on a stretcher it's like a painting of like someone like of like you know people raising like a like it's it's I can't even do it, Justin. Kidman has on this really shystery looking neck brace like he's somebody's lawyer. <laughs> it's uh, so funny. It, but it's, it's – it's, I'm really enjoying it.
2: Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, man.
1: Like it's – look, from the standpoint of the perspective of the wrestling performance that they're putting on, Hogan basically buries the Kidman, like just like Sting buried Vampiro. So what else is new?
2: The yeah, so our, the- our two hot new acts are buried by our top lead guys
1: right totally undermining the entire concept um so it's just it, that's why that's one of the reasons why it doesn't work it's insanely funny to watch and think about but it doesn't make sense
2: so it's just bringing light to the gripe everyone's gripe with this company right now
1: yeah exactly At the top of it all off hogan leaves he didn't even find his fucking dog
2: yeah don't worry we're gonna get hogan again uh here comes jeff jarrett who signed the contract let's figure let's find out johnny c who was it that signed this contract
1: well let me tell you a little story okay about two brothers named rick and scott it's
2: uh rick and scott breaker
1: yes the Bre- okay. the breaker family
2: the breaker family the- okay continue
1: the- the breaker brothers it sounds like a shitty nintendo game ripoff it's scott steiner who is the u.s champ so this actually makes a whole lot of sense plus earlier during the new blood celebration steiner was in the ring with everybody and he wasn't doing anything antagonistic but he was kind of hanging over to the side of the ring like i'm the coolest guy here and i
2: know it right he was. well he is he was. and he is
1: he is he's over like rover do people say that i'm saying it <laughs> let's oh, roll I'm with it go with it okay uh I'm going to make an argument. They should have switched the belt to Steiner tonight. You're about to see, they're going to play hot potato. Like it's nobody's business anyway. Just fucking give it to Steiner. They should like, but I also think it's way too early for this, like new bloods falling apart. Shit. We're in literally at like week two of this entire angle.
2: So just to get this straight for everyone, including myself, has Scott Steiner been world champ yet?
1: No, he has not been world champ yet.
2: And one more thing before I forget. Was that Major Guns ca- go- going to the ring with them, with the other two girls?
1: Yes, one of them
2: is Major Guns. We'll become Major Guns. Now,
1: her she is, no, I know she's
2: been a some I think.
1: <laughs> which is irrelevant.
2: Have you ever been on her Twitter page?
1: No, she does uh, She does nothing for me.
2: <laughs> she does nothing for you? She no. Did lot, she did a lot for 14-year-old me. She was like a poor man's sable. A poor yeah. woman's sable. Yes. No, you're
1: right. Yeah, yeah, you're right both boys. It's okay. We're not discriminating here. It's just what it is what it is. Um but yeah, she Yeah, because they're the same they're, they're they're the same character, although Sable it really achieved yeah, she achieved much more than they were allowing the female characters to achieve. I'm not saying they couldn't have achieved it, but they weren't allowing them to. They weren't giving them screen time or storylines that were gonna uh you know, over- overshoot the men.
2: She ran with it and she did excellent. But anyways, um was the other girl named Electra? Am I pulling that
1: out of um, my ass? Electra is one of Daredevil's associates. Who the fuck's Daredevil? Um, Daredevil? Ben Affleck? Darede- yeah, I know oh, you've okay. seen good I hey. I I bet you a hundred dollars you've seen Goodwill Hunting.
2: Yeah, I saw Goodwill Hunting.
1: Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um <laughs> Because if you so it's it's the dude from Goodwill Hunting that's not Goodwill Hunting. Ben Affleck. He he yeah, I know he is ben also is... okay. Well, he's but Daredevil's a Marvel comic hero. You see, spy. Have you seen Spider Man?
2: Tobey Maguire.
1: Uh no, the kid. Tom Holland.
2: Fuck no! Come on, what do you think? I haven't
1: even seen Tobey dude, Maguire's. I, I'm gonna ask you a serious question right now. Have you seen any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films?
2: Uh, is um. Andy from the off, not Andy from the office, um, Andy yes. from Park and Rec is yes. um, Batista. Ah, oh, what
1: is yeah. that called? C- Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: I saw that one in the theaters.
1: Did you see the second one with Kurt Russell?
2: I think, yeah, I saw it. Yes, I saw it with Kurt Russell. I remember seeing them both in the theaters. This is like 2004-ish, did, 14-ish? Um, 14? Yes.
1: Yeah. How, did you watch The Suicide Squad where Cena plays Peacemaker?
2: Uh, Well, I, I did have, I streamed it and then the stream died, and I only watched like 10 minutes of it. But I thought I it was you. pretty cool. I would have watched the movie. I thought it was cool, but I would have watched it. But
1: it's yeah, it's not bad. It's a, I mean, this is a wrestling podcast, and John Cena's in the movie. He does, a, he does a pretty good
2: performance. He does admirably. Yeah, I liked it. I liked what I saw. You know, I wanted to see it because of Cena, because I'm a mark.
1: But uh, sure. <laughs> this crowd is a mark. This crowd is a mark for Scott Steiner, which is why I think they should have switched I the I was just going to
2: say, I agree with you that if they jumped to the belt to Steiner it would have been a good move. I, mean, I don't think he was bulletproof so like I don't think they could have done the hot potatoing with Arquette and whatever they do next with them
1: yeah you're right it has to stay on Jared to get to, to where it needs to go Snyder
2: if he were to win it
1: right right they can't do like a trade they can't do the Bob Backlund transition because that's what it would be yeah so but, it's safer to do it with the guys who are already feuding
2: you you get a lot of more you get more relaxed moves uh re- moves, Jesus Christ. You get more relaxed rules in this match too where kind of uh you know, they both low blow each other in front of Nick Patrick and that's okay, but as soon as Booker T runs out and kicks uh Steiner in the head, uh it's a DQ. Low blows yeah. okay? Interference? Not okay.
1: Well, again, uh, the, let me present the people versus Terry Bolea as an example. Hogan beat the shit out of Kidman, and then Vampiro pinned him, like, like at Spring Peter. And I'm not saying like he hit him with the chair when the ref was looking. I mean, he literally beat the shit out of him, threw him through a table. The whole show stopped, and then Vampiro pinned him. So, yeah, there's not so much there's not so much logic here, but it's okay. We'll go with it.
2: Yeah, so pretty much with this whole relaxed rules thing that was established the night before at Spring Stampede, pretty much you can have like one wave of interference or one wave of chair shots or whatever, but the second wave is too much, and that's when they ring the bell. Is that the psychology of this, or it's just whatever we need, we go seat of our pants, now, that's what we're booking?
1: I actually kind of dig that psychology that you're laying down. Like It's like, okay, yes, you hit him with the chair, it's the heat of the moment. You know, but if you could if you make this chair the rest of your offense in the sport, then you're disqualified because you're consistently using that as your move,
2: which so I know I, sounds the chair silly. is okay, but the second, like, thing, like the second person or the second table, or well,
1: they established the only yeah. DQ is when the wall puts a ref through a table with a choke slam, so it's directly attacking the official. It was the only thing that raised the DQ earlier.
2: In the, the last Spring night Stampede. at Stamford, at a uh, string, string uh, stamping, yes. Yes, yeah,
1: string sand cheese.
2: <laughs> but uh, like I noticed tonight with the three DQs, it was the second action, the second change in the action. Like it was an interference. Like the canyon f- interference was okay, but once the table came in, oh, that's too much. You know, what yeah, I mean? it was the
1: it was the equal and opposite reaction of the table. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. It's, yes, it's kind of like, it's the escalation.
2: Yeah, it's the second wave of nonsenses, which, where the re- relaxed rules are kind of like, all right, enough of this bullshit. Now, I'm, not com-
1: I'm not complaining, but I think you and I have officially broken another Guinness World Record because we thought about it more than the writing staff at WCW did.
2: <laughs> yeah, true. I went two stars with this. Did Booker T turn heel?
1: Um. So the Booker T character. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I'm totally kidding. I'm not that. I'm not that out of it. The Booker. So Booker. I almost did it though for real. Booker T is. Remember, he was the heel in the match last night by kind of default. He didn't really act heelish, but he played the role of heel against Sting because it's Sting. Yep. He is technically a New Blood member, but he's been on the outs with Russo and Bischoff the yeah, couple of shows place. that we had. He's not right. holding his weight. Right. He should have. He shook Sting's hand. He should have beat him over the head with a chair. So, yeah, Booker T goes right up to Jarrett after he kicks Siner and, you know, saves the title. He's like, you're welcome. So, obviously, he's doing this as a way to get back in favor. The character is. So, yes, I, I, it's not bad. Like, it, I, I like that Booker T, I don't know if you know what happens with Booker T and Jarrett in the future. And yeah. it's a big. Uh, okay, so it's like though. the Sure. You know, the vagaries of it, like they're they're linked for the like the biggest moment Booker's career, what made him a main eventer, et cetera, et cetera. But they're already like planting seeds. I'm not saying that they were playing a long game because they weren't, but maybe they were a little bit. You know, maybe Russo had an idea that he didn't present forward and it just he was able to finally produce it. So we'll see.
2: So Booker T is a heel. G.I. bro is a face. No? Yes, maybe?
1: Yes. And Booker Huffman is a man.
2: <laughs> hey, did you know he went to jail for like robbing Wendy's seventeen times?
1: It was a Wendy's? Oh no.
2: no I thought he it was kept he, he not once, not twice, but like fourteen times. He kept going back and robbing the same Wendy's because he was getting away with it.
1: Like uh, Sam Jackson and Coming to America, he keeps robbing that McDowell's. Have you seen Coming to America? Uh no. Okay. Uh, I know, but that that is that is that is ridiculous.
2: And he worked at it, and he quit in between. He quit like halfway after robbing it, and then he just kept robbing it. Anyways, that was an interesting story. Um, breaking. Well, he news totally
1: here. he he totally paid his debt to society.
2: <laughs> breaking news after this match is, hey, we're gonna have an overrun tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, Scott Hudson's like, don't worry, guys, we're going past ten. <laughs>
2: We're going past ten. We're going four minutes past ten, and uh, Hogan's looking for Bischoff, and then they go to break.
1: <laughs> yeah, he f- luckily though they fade back in because we're watching on Peacock, and yeah, fucking he finds Bischoff in the back, and Bischoff, the Eric Bischoff character, is supposed to be on the phone with someone, but he's using a corded phone that's attached to a fax machine. So I don't know if like he's actually able to call anyone from that. So I like to think on the other end of that is just a big old two thousand. <laughs> oh that's so annoying internet sound you know like like he's like acting and he picks it up you know it doesn't matter though because hogan like destroys everything and chases into the ring
2: (laughs) yeah uh bischoff did not get lost going to ring like ddp and hogan earlier though
1: no not at all he makes his way right there and and then the 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 hulk hogan as terry belay character comes out and he's got a chair you know he takes him into the ring he corners him Russo is kind of on his way down to rescue him, and then like the wcw like copyright comes yes. on, and I'm like, oh, this is a weird place to end it. And yep. then the the little copyright Kylo goes away, and then it, they just keep, going. keep um, going. So that must have been that must have been the ten o'clock.
2: Instance. Oh, there you go, John there you go that's the overrun okay yep, i thought this that's was the, i thought it was a swerve bro
1: yes uh well the swerve the, it, but they don't have a ton of clearance they were acting like their balls were really big tonight but there is no way that tnt gave them clearance for 15 minutes so they run over for like 30 more seconds because because <laughs> brett the hitman clark runs down with a chair uh, and yes, hogan does. hogan's like hey brett clark You don't like Bischoff either. You know what he's done. You know what he's done. Hit him. And then Clark like kind of stutter steps forward and then it just cuts and end scene. Done.
2: Now, can we explain the full circle moment? Can I explain it? Yes, please. Please. Okay. So David Chase was watching this show because his boy DDP, I don't know if they're boys, but let's just assume that his boy DDP was going to wear his his show, The Sopranos t-shirt. Oh, my God, you're right. So, DDP says, David, bro, check out Nitro. I'm going to promote your show. It's This is year two of Sopranos right now, 2000, right? So yes,
1: still, still early, sis. His mom's still alive.
2: Yes, so, oh, that fucking mother. Anyways.
1: What <laughs> so, are you talking about, Tony Sopranos, my son? Oh, yeah nobody all pays attention to me anymore nobody calls me you don't call me tony i, I can i can go on i'm sorry
2: i just felt compelled to do that it's like a, oh, my spine is curling right now but anyways um so david chase's boys with ddp were, we're pretending so david chase is watching this whole episode of nitro and then as soon as bret hart winds back and goes to hit who the lights go out and the closing credits done and the show is over. So what do you think at that time is where David Chase got the ending for Sopranos?
1: It is completely amazing that you made that connection because that is exactly what happens in The Sopranos.
2: <laughs> and the only reason I thought of it instantly, because stupid DDP is wearing the Sopranos shirt throughout the show.
1: And you've seen um every episode of The Sopranos? Of course I have. Ah, uh, you It's so funny because it's like, it's just funny because it's true.
2: It's funny because it's true because I won't, I won't be like, I'm not, I don't have time to watch a two-hour movie, but I'll watch five, five series, seasons of The Sopranos.
1: What about Entourage? Of course,
2: Vinny oh,
1: Chase. God. <laughs> uh, so when HBO Max like first came out, I did watch like every episode of Entourage because I was just looking for content and. What a that show is embarrassing.
2: <laughs> I know. I uh I watched it in 2015 while my appendix out and I was off okay. for 10 days. No,
1: for sure. That and that makes sense. I mean,
2: yeah, we've all done I wanted it. something all... lighthearted but like like kind of interesting and I don't no, know. And, it was okay and it is no, it's it is. It's just it's so funny
1: that those characters were considered like I don't know. They're just they're not very well fleshed I don't know. ari's fun
2: yeah this is now like ari's the best yeah
1: this is now like the official inception entourage
2: entourage it's entourage inception. have you watched sopranos
1: yeah oh yeah dude i watched sopranos live i watched sopranos when it was happening
2: oh excellent so in on june 11th 2007 do you think that david chase watched nitro april 17th 2000 and that's where he got the ending
1: i mean i think we're forced to believe that's to be true and if it's not i'm going to act like it is because that's the thing you can do you can just act like something's true and then it becomes true so <laughs> the sopranos stole it from the russo bischoff era it's a fact write it down
2: and we're sticking to it um <laughs> do we find out next episode of nitro or thunder who bret hart hits
1: now, I want to circle just for a second because this is, this is, uh, this is what, an episode I did with Aaron, I, I believe. Bret Hart ends the initial ni- – the reboot Nitro. He comes out – so again, they do the thing where they're out of time, and Bret Hart like, is in the aisleway about to confront Russo and Bischoff, and they run out of time, and they really never tell us what happens. I don't know. I don't remember if they show us what happens next week.
2: But, okay, so Bret Hart's like the Heath Slater of the 2016 draft. He doesn't really have a side, and he's like keeps coming on the show, but there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't remember that
1: storyline, but I love <laughs> the Heath Slater I Got Kids character.
2: It's so, so good. That, that Heath Slater I Got Kids character is pretty good.
1: Right. I, I'm a one man or three man band, Mark. I. I have i have an i have a ginger mahal modern-day maharaja t-shirt that i got at a smackdown that i went to where he was champ and uh, i have numerous videos of myself like cheering for him because i was there to see him only i love that guy i love the ginger mahal character like i wouldn't
2: know jinder's all right yeah
1: I, I it's such a i don't know it's such a wasted opportunity now look i know he's not setting the world on fire but it's like We talked about Sheamus earlier. Like, I watched the pay-per-view where it was heavily rumored that Sheamus was going to win the WWE championship from Cena, if you recall, way back when. Because when the internet catches wind of that shit and it pays off, like, I'm curious what they are going to do with this new character they've just elevated. And they never follow through. They they put the title matches in the middle of the show. They don't main event. And it's like when they started doing that shit in 92 and 93, like, it broke the, like... Tradition and everything. I don't know. I'm all over the place here.
2: <laughs> we expect no less, Johnny. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we please? Uh, is Bret Hart a fixture on the show coming up, or because Bret Hart's gonna I mean, make the show better regardless?
1: I, I I don't agree with that statement, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but no, it's kind of sad actually because they they do a lot of start and stops with the Bret Hart. Um, that's with Bret Hart there. Right. And I also, the I don't want to bring this up, but I'm bringing it up anyway because I started talking about it. Slambury is at the Kemper Arena in May of the year 2000. So it's literally a year after.
2: That's, where, the, that's St. Louis. The, I mean, Kansas City where Owen Hart. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Yes, exactly. A year. And Brett, we're getting close to it. And I know it was a hard time for Brett. So I'm not trying to make light of that. So May but, is
2: a year. May 2000 is like, like a year
1: afterwards. Yeah, and that's the May 2000 WCW pay-per-view. And wait until you see what they do.
2: Oh, God. That's the next pay-per-view we're going to get, right?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Where they actually made a lot of matches for tonight, none of them are really shocking or surprising. You have to figure that last night, or the first pay-per-view of the era, they set up all the champs, and now they have to pay off all the little feuds they've created during these two weeks of TV. And they do set the table well. As a wrestling program, the content may be questionable at times, but they have laid the groundwork that a wrestling television product should.
2: Do you agree? Yeah. You know, it's it's herky jerky and it's all over the place, but they're establishing stuff, you know, like it or not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know, did you did you did you rank this? Did you do anything to it? Did you I mean it's a free-for-all type of show, but if you what had to I give it a ranking out of, out of 0 to 10, what do, you, what do you think?
2: I think I went, what, I go 3.8 on the pay-per-view slamboree. I mean, uh, Spring Stampede. I'm going to go... Uh, I'll, I'll, go what? Two nine. I'll go 2.9. I'll go nine for this. This is all over the place. 2.9 out of 10? Not one, No redeeming entertainment value? Oh, no. All right. I'll go, th- I'll go 3.1 then. It's just because there's, there's zero wrestling on it. The wrestling that's on it is rushed and not good. Crap finishes. But, like... And then, but like each segment stinks as a whole, you sit back, you're like, yeah, it was fun and fun to talk about and kind of fun to watch. But there was really outside of a few stuff being fun. There's really not much good to it.
1: No, I I definitely, I definitely enjoyed talking about it more than actually watching. I want to make that clear to anyone who might be on the fence about doing this journey with us. I don't know that you're going to enjoy the hour and 30 some odd minutes of the program. Maybe if you haven't watched it now, you'll get a kick out of it, you know, because you've heard us talk about it. I don't know. I can't, and I'm not saying that we're like. It's just I can't. I can't really recommend it to anyone as uh, you have to watch this. It's an hour, 38
2: uh, minutes, and there's 31 minutes and 24 seconds of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I don't really conform to numbers and rankings. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, I don't know. I'd give it like a hmm no i can't do five because that's the middle it's like a four i guess because 3. i don't want a
2: four yeah yeah i
1: mean i don't want to because and i'll go the up to the next whole number because I, I get i know i enjoy a little bit of the schlock more than you do like i find the joy in the, the you know the girl that has the sign about buff's pants like i find like well, that's I, enough. it's
2: fun talking about but like in the moment when you're alone on your in your basement you're like oh jesus what am i doing with my life
1: jesus <laughs> like, i mean i feel that i feel that way anyway now you throw them you 2000
2: but it was definitely it's definitely more fun to talk about than than like i wouldn't be watching this if we weren't talking about it or if i wasn't listening to it you know what i mean no
1: for sure yeah i, I do think that you know I, people should go back and watch now maybe if they've never seen it before maybe i have a, a you know hopefully we've made it somewhat <laughs> something you can latch on to because this it, there's you keep waiting for the big thing in the plot to happen because it's a Russo booking. You're like, there's gonna be so much garbage. Just show me the one big thing. But that doesn't. I guess it's the Kidman garbage bag or garbage thing. But that's not memorable. I barely remembered it.
2: All right. So if there was one like last last episode with there was one match to watch. It was the Sting and Booker T match. What segment would you watch mm-hmm. out of this show? Well, I, I called it Steiner and I and I, I called it Steiner versus Awesome.
1: Was mine. Um, but I agree. Booker and Sting was probably the best technical
2: matchup Yeah.
1: this week. Uh...
2: So it's going to be a segment because these matches are horrendous.
1: I, well, if your matches, I'm going with the Steiner Jarrett because you you need to see how over Steiner was.
2: Steiner. Like, yes. Yeah, Steiner is over big. Um,
1: like the oh, wrestling community should see that.
2: Steiner's over. He's definitely he feels like he's on the rise.
1: For sure. For sure. um. the best. Um,
2: um i I don't really nitro girl commercial
1: (laughs) (laughs) for sure definitely i guess the most plot development you're gonna get is anything hogan related or any like maybe that opening segment with the new blood if nothing else you can see how drunk tammy is i guess i don't know allegedly and then the
2: well the confetti with russo and russo staring off to space and just russo rejoicing and loving life that's where that's where i would be
1: yeah, it's weird, though, because I'm not sure what, like, it's a New York thing. It's like, they don't even do it concocted it well, because it's like Russo is celebrating, and he's clearly, it's like a New York thing, because it's what he's into. But he shouldn't be the one that's, a, that's celebrated. Like, it doesn't make sense. I actually think this, like, sports entertainment extreme Vince Russo character makes more sense than this one does right now. And that's yeah. saying something.
2: <laughs> but i don't know i'm actually looking forward to the nitro
1: yeah well the next episode we're going to cover i believe is thunder which would have been recorded oh, uh the next yeah like recorded the next day and then uh you know aired i think on wednesday they're uh, probably wednesday because they're not going to, <laughs> no way these guys are going up against uh, year 2000 smackdown
2: oh hell no but, um, that show is hot after talking about it i'm definitely anticipating watching it and guess yeah. what guys We're going to be back sooner rather than later with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to try to get, uh, you know, a consistent schedule going. And uh, we appreciate everyone who, you know, was patiently, hopefully awaiting this episode. I I had to move. That was fun. Delayed things by a week or so. You moved.
2: Um, My football season was in full swing.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, God, what do you think? Would you rather? No, I think it's probably going to be coach every time. Yeah, I'd rather coach
2: football than move.
1: No, for sure. Hey, is there anything worse than a buddy asking you to help him move? Regardless of how much you love the the person or how like compelled you are to do it because you care about the person, it's still like the worst thing ever, right?
2: Does he live on the third floor of a three decker?
1: (laughs) Both times (laughs) He lives on the fourth floor of the triple decker.
2: It both times he lives on the top floor. You gotta bring all the shit down and then bring all the shit up
1: well let's bring this shit down ryan it was a lot of fun but much like wcw it's time for this conversation to die but i've had a great time we hope you guys listening have had a great time we will be back with you uh as soon as humanly possible with the next riveting episode of thunder
2: awesome all right johnny i'm looking forward to it all right guys see you later
0: see ya